0: Today on This Week Health.
1: So mission control, we're able to just answer a few questions to get the acuity and how fast they need to be transferred. They start calling hospitals for us in like a circular motion from our hospital out. It's just such a huge benefit for us because that gives one more nurse and or the doctor Mm -hmm. time at that patient bedside.
0: Welcome to This Week Health community. This is Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels designed to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. Hello, I'm Sue Shade, principal at Starbridge Advisors and one of the hosts for the
2: town hall show. Today's guest is Bonnie Goins, who has been an RN at Rice County District Hospital in Lyons, Kansas for more than 20 years, and also serves as trauma slash emergency preparedness coordinator. As a critical access hospital, Rice County District operates with the lean team of only 150 staff. In May of 2020, They had an already completely overwhelmed staff and an unprecedented surge of sick patients from COVID. Caring for these individuals was consuming the staff's time. The hospital didn't have any team members available to make patient transfer and transport calls because everyone was focused on treating patients. The hospital knew they needed help when it came to moving patients. They needed a technology solution for patient movement. Today, we're gonna learn about the situation they faced the solution they implemented, and some of their key lessons. Welcome, Bonnie.
1: Hello, glad to be here.
2: Great. I'm looking forward to this conversation and learning about your challenges and what you did. Let's start by having you describe Rice County District Hospital, who you serve in terms of the community, and your specific role.
1: Yes, our hospital is in the heart of Kansas. We are 40 miles away from any larger hospital. We service a community of 10,000 people, mostly farmers and industry workers. Our hospital is a 25 bed critical access hospital. So our role in the big picture is to stabilize and transfer. That's our key role in the state of Kansas with getting people to the right level of care. So we typically Transfer out probably 40% of our patients.
2: Say a little bit more and then a little bit in terms of your specific role.
1: My role, I have a, well, a multi-role. I still work on the floor as a staff nurse when needed. Mm -hmm. And, or if there is a crisis, I work like in the emergency department, labor and delivery. We deliver babies here as well. And well, and just any any other thing.
2: So I understand you also are the trauma slash emergency preparedness coordinator. So what does that mean in terms of your role?
1: That means I work with the state to come up with specific criteria and a systematic approach to taking care of a trauma patient Mm -hmm. so that they get the highest level of care in the quickest time. And then we, that's our goal is to stabilize them and get them transferred out to a level one trauma center. Okay. And our closest one is 90 miles away.
2: Okay. So that was something I was going to ask you to repeat. So I heard you describe the size of the community and where you are and 90 miles to the closest trauma center. Yeah,
1: well, to the a level one. We have a level, level three one. that is... Okay. Oh, like 30 miles away okay. it takes 40 minutes by ambulance to get to the level three
2: okay. it
1: takes an hour and 15 minutes by ambulance to get to a level one
2: okay and and is it by ambulance or is there any air flight
1: we do a lot of air flight truthfully it just depends where that helicopter or that plane is uh-huh. for their time to get here pick up the patient and take them to the level one how long that would be versus our ems driving them Mm -hmm. so those times we look at each case to know are we going to fly or drive what's the weather like can we do helicopter or fixed wing and then we also look at we have a small EMS crew. We do have a full-time crew, one crew for every 24 hours. And then they do have a backup, but in this day and time, paramedics are hard to come by. And so you're not guaranteed to have a paramedic for that second out crew. Mm -hmm. So if the distance is further than 90 miles, our EMS cannot take the patient. They cannot leave the rest of our community without ambulance care. So that's where flight crews come into play. Okay. And with COVID, we have sent patients to seven different states.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. Oklahoma, Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri. Those are just the ones right off the top of my head. So yeah, and quite the ordeal. We've transferred a lot of patients to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We've transferred some trauma patients to Nebraska. They have a very good neuro hospital for a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. They have a great hospital for that. We transferred to Colorado with pediatrics to Aurora, Colorado, and all of this has to be arranged. And we, I'm not going to say we have a skeleton crew, but we have a small crew that's very diversified and efficient that works every shift. So we don't have a whole lot of extra runners, we don't have like scribes, we don't have business office people that are sitting there answering our phone in the ER. So it does take a lot of effort and time to get that patient where they need to be and then try to make phone calls to get doctor hospital acceptance and then get a bed. That becomes very tricky if we're trying to do that by ourselves.
2: This is fascinating. And just hearing you describe the reality for a critical access hospital and the distance, I'd love to just talk about that in general because okay. my my but but we're not gonna my oh, work okay. experience in health IT has been primarily at academic medical centers and the level one trauma. So on the receiving end of it. So it's really fascinating to hear you talk about your situation, what it's like moving patients out and getting them to those centers. So let's talk specifically about the situation that. That you faced during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic, let's say, and okay. the, the patient movement tool that you ended up implementing. So let's get into that. Go ahead, time okay. that.
1: So when COVID first started, it did not hit the Midwest yet. It took a few months for it to really take hold in our community. And when it first did, we had a patient who was significantly sick with COVID. We do not have the ability to put a patient on a vent. This patient we happened to put on a BiPAP, that's the highest level we can go for breathing, and he was not maintaining. We did the plasma with this gentleman, trying to do anything that we could for him. And then our doctor and nurses took turns calling and calling and calling hospitals. We finally were able to find one three hours away. And we worked well already with the flight crews in our area, so we called one. They sent a fixed wing in and took that patient to where they needed to go. Then the state of Kansas introduced us to Mission Control, and that is a company that supports us and arranges transportation and hospital acceptance for us. So now they are actually a key player. And our trauma team okay. and not only trauma it's our emergent team mm-hmm. they play a, a significant role they help us do the legwork that we really don't have time to do okay. our job needs to be at that bedside getting blood in that patient getting them innovated getting them ready to be transferred not on the phone trying to find an acceptance and the thing that really was just blew my mind is We have two level one trauma centers in Wichita, Kansas. That's where we send them. How they were on diversion for everything. They were at capacity. Couldn't take trauma patients, couldn't take cardiacs. We don't do surgery here at all. I mean, we do like colonoscopies, just minimal. But we don't have a surgeon on staff. We don't have a doctor in-house most of the time. This is a nurse-ran hospital with doctors supporting us. So if somebody comes in from a trauma by private car, the RN is the one that is the first contact with that patient. So our staff is very strenuously trained to where they can manage that patient until they get a doctor on the phone or they get the doctor here. So that's what our staff focuses on and does. And so Mission Control, with their service, we're able to just answer a few questions, get In their program to get the acuity and how fast they need to be transferred, they take over from that point and they start calling hospitals for us in like a circular motion from our hospital out. And they don't just stop at the borders of Kansas. They keep going. And they're the ones that have actually helped arrange most of these transfers to the different states And it's just such a huge benefit for us because that gives one more nurse and or the doctor Mm -hmm. time at that patient bedside so that they're not on the phone or trying to negotiate. Mm -hmm. The other thing that mission control does for us is if we have a patient that we can't find a room for, they have consultants, they have pulmonology, they have cardiology, they have neuro. So if at any point we have a patient that, Obviously, needs need a higher level of care, but we can't get them to that place. We ask for a consult, and within my experience, is within seconds, they have that consult doctor on the phone. Telehealth and,
2: kind of business?
1: Yes. And they, I mean, it's extremely quick. The first time I used it, I was like, oh, wow. Because it never happens that way. You've got to wait for them to yeah. call them and then they call back, yeah. not with mission control. They are available right then. They work with our doctors, make a plan of care for our situation. We've had, I am, Oh, this COVID has been horrible for our community. We have had several patients that need to go to a higher level of care, but we could not find placement or we can find transportation through everybody's effort, efforts. And so we've worked with the consultants, the consulting physicians to try to provide the best care that we can for that person until we can get them transferred. Sometimes we have succeeded other times we have not. So it's been a very up and down roller coaster, but with mission control, they help us through that journey Mm -hmm. and they don't stop and they don't give up. And they What they were doing is about every four hours, they would call and give us an update on just a general, what areas they've called, Mm -hmm. what the bed placement is like, how long, that sort of thing. They keep us up to date and then they keep trying. The thing I love about their website is you can, it's very easy to maneuver through it. You can go back and look at your information. And if that patient has progressed on whatever's going on with them, you can change that information to upgrade their acuity. Mm-hmm. And so that helps with getting that process rolling yep. more. But they also they have a chat feature to where you can type and chat back and forth with the people that are hunting. You can give them specifics about the patient. If something has changed, you can let them know. And they also call, typically, when we do a mission control patient. We also put in a phone number for them to contact the person who is communicating with them. Now, during COVID and the hospital, all of our regional hospitals being at capacity, what we ended up doing is having a team of staff members that would be on call for people that were working in the hospital so that if they had somebody that needed to be transferred, They notified the person that had the on-call phone, gave us a brief synopsis of what was going on with that patient, and we would enter the information into Mission Control because it's a web base, an app. You can do it off your phone. You can do it off a tablet. You can do it off of a laptop. And so we could be anywhere and take over that portion, communicate with Mission Control to get that transfer moving while our staff was at the hospital working on that patient. That worked out very well.
2: Excellent. So it sounds like it's a service. It's yes. the work they do to find a bed somewhere with the right mm-hmm. level of care. It's a web-based app that you log into and enter the information and then get your updates and can chat with them. And then they provide also the medical consults if you need them right?
1: They are amazing. The third thing that they provide is transportation. Oh, okay. Yes, because in the beginning, I told you about how our EMS works. We have one crew on for 24 hours. We can only have one ambulance out of our county at a time. And we cannot have that ambulance out of county for eight, nine hours. Yeah, it has to be a short transfer, go and come back. So mission control actually helps us with that. If we need transportation help, we tell them. And if that's all we need, that's fine. We can start a a case and tell them all we need is transportation. This is where they're going. And then they get all of us together, whoever the flight crew is, we decide what method is used. And we actually have a say-so in what method. So we're not just told what's going to happen. We are... in that decision so that is really great but yeah we work with and it's not just one flight company we work with several flight companies and mission control works with all of these companies so that we get the quickest and the fastest transportation and get them out of here and we have used that significantly over the last two years
2: Excellent. Excellent. Any particular challenges that you faced? And once you knew mission control could be a solution for you getting from no mission control to fully using it, any particular challenges?
1: Yeah, we had a learning curve that went along with this. Initially, when we did this, we registered all the audience mm-hmm. to be able to get in and utilize that. Mm-hmm. I had a little issue with getting night shift nurses mm-hmm. to be get registered because mm-hmm. the, the way you register on them, you have a certain amount of time to respond to their email and so that timing was off. So we worked out a plan for that. So we got through that challenge. The next challenge that we ran into is once a bed was found, you had to get that transportation going because that bed was not guaranteed to you until the patient was en route. If they were still at your facility and somebody else called and needed that bed, you lost the bed. So we learned very quickly to move fast with these. We have one patient that we ended up losing three different bed placements over. And it was because of transportation, trying to get it. And it was nobody's fault. It was bad weather, just all of that type of stuff. So that that was a really sad, sad situation. But they have came through for us so many times. We recently had a patient that had a dissecting aneurysm that our regional hospitals were at capacity. We had nowhere to send this patient. So they helped us. They actually got a doctor in Tulsa and he consulted with a doctor in Florida and they arranged the flight for our patient to go to Tulsa to that doctor and have surgery. So that patient, if they would have stayed here they would have died. There was nothing we could do with that, nothing we could do for them. And Mission Control understood the severity of the case and worked so hard to get that patient out of here.
2: Wow. Are there? You talked about some of the challenges in terms of learning curve and the adoption and a few other things. Any other key lessons that you want to share for anybody listening who might be in a similar situation and could benefit from such a service and tool? Any other key lessons?
1: I don't think so. I don't know. I think that's mainly it. It's just learning how to utilize their service with the staff that you have on Mm -hmm. um, through the main part of COVID. And and actually, we're still going through it. Now it's a nursing shortage.
2: Yes.
1: So there's no beds available for any type of patient. Mm -hmm. And it's an hour by hour situation that you've got to check Mm -hmm. to see if there's beds. And again, Mission Control helps us with that.
0: So
2: Great. yeah, Great. it they,
1: they just became a member of our, our transfer. Yeah. It, it
2: sounds like it's not just something that you needed to do during the, during COVID peaks, but Ongoing, considering your situation at Critical Access Hospital for all your patient transfers. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, Bonnie, I so appreciate everything that you have shared with us today and your time. I know you're very busy there, and this has been excellent. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. This is
0: great. Thank you. I love this show. I love hearing from people on the front lines. I love hearing from these leaders. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. We also want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubrik, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. If you want to support the show, let someone know about our shows. They all start with This Week Health, and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, keynote, town hall, and newsroom. Check them out today, and thanks for listening. That's all for now.